Welcome to Chromecast. Tech it out. Hosted by service-centric, people-first, UK technology consultancy, Chrome Technologies. Welcome to Chromecast. Tech it out. I'm Sam Major, Commercial Director of Chrome Technologies. I'm back once again on the sofa with Rupert Mills, my co-founder. Hi, Sam. We're here to talk about the evolution of everything as a service, which I'm sure you'll agree is, is certainly what we're seeing in the industry with this move to consumption-based uh, consumerization of IT. We're seeing it, I won't say forced upon us, but there's been this kind of paradigm shift in the market from buy it as a depreciating asset and, and run it over X amount of years, then potentially sweat your asset and then large capital outlay into refresh. And we've had that for many, many years. And now we're seeing people actually trying to move from that capital expenditure into an operational expenditure. And we've seen it with obviously the first big push was really Azure, G Cloud, AWS and that push to let's, let's put everything in the cloud, rightly or wrongly from, from a cost saving perspective, but advantages depend on what type of business you are. Um, and I guess now we've seen that develop over the years, it'd be interesting to see what your thoughts are um, as you're kind of more deeply involved in the coalface than I am, are some of the lessons learned that we've seen both in large enterprise and an SME of people in this, A, this move, I guess, let's start with the kind of cloud model, but then what we're seeing today with the see it as desktop as a service and security as a service and you know, everything as a service. Yeah, I guess it goes back to why people are making that move. It's, um, it is just a change in the way businesses budget for the future, the way businesses um, finance themselves. Um, it's the same way that cars have moved from you going to buy a car and own a car to most people these days, almost everybody leases a car and it's yeah. all about the monthly payment. You, you're home shopping. Uh, you don't go to HMV anymore and buy a DVD. You subscribe to Netflix and you own a subscription to Netflix. And what that subscription to Netflix does you does for you over buying a DVD is it means that you have access to a whole bunch of films mm -hmm. instead of the one film you bought, but you never actually own anything. Um, and there are advantages and disadvantages to both sides, pros and cons to both sides. And that's really a lot where IT is moving. So historically, if you take the real basics of, let's say, Microsoft Office, mm -hmm. you'd have bought your office licenses and you'd have owned Word, Excel, PowerPoint, yeah. etc. Paper um, license left in the drawer somewhere. Yeah, paper license <laughs> lost somewhere and nobody yeah. able to find them when you need them. Um, but yeah, absolutely, you'd have owned that office license and it was your decision whether or not you basically said, I'm going to refresh that every time they come out with a new Office 2000 or Office whatever it was and, and you move forwards oh, in your version. I saw people sit on... Obviously, with software assurance, you could do that in every three years, blah, blah. We certainly saw people sitting on, I won't name names, but as a legal firm, I'm not sure you know who I mean, who were sat on a very, very old version of Word that then became almost 10 years old and wouldn't operate by other things, etc. but really sweated that asset, which probably not sensible, actually, given what they did. Yeah, I, I, that's it. I, ultimately, that was the, the older operating model, mm. and I think the world has changed in as much as security policies... Yeah all the various different systems you need to keep up to date, the interaction between other people in the world. So in those early days of Office, you bought your old version of Office and you owned it. And if you owned that for seven, eight, nine, ten years and you didn't upgrade it, that was fine. But the real problem started coming about when you started getting emailed files by people who were using newer versions of Office. Ahead of and they'd yeah. send you generation ahead and your version of Office wouldn't open it. Yeah. So that forced your hand into the upgrade. And that was kind of the early days of, okay, things are now keeping up with the rest of the world is mm. becoming important. Yeah. In the latter times, security has made that a massive issue, is actually. If you don't keep things secure, you don't keep up with where we are, 
Um, so people start moving from this, okay, I'm going to buy it once every five, ten years, to I'm, right, I'm going to buy it every three years because that's what's necessary. And then it's the, well, if I'm buying it every three years, instead of depreciating it over three years, why don't I move it into an operational expenditure and budget for it just because I'm buying it every three years anyway. Lease it. And you're essentially leasing yeah. it like a like a car or a mobile phone. Netflix. Your mobile phone, yeah, I absolutely. That's where I think people are most familiar with when you start talking about different models. And I've certainly seen I'm talking to customers uh, and you'll get a pushback. You know, we don't like finance. Yeah. And you can show them it'll be cheaper over time, whatever it is. But if you actually make it akin to, you know, do you have a mobile phone? Yes, do. And actually, you know, what do you pay for that for mobile phone? If you can talk about actually consuming IT in that way, it's a really easy way for people to associate that model. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as we said, that has advantages and disadvantages. What people often fail to realize is you can do it with any kind of infrastructure. You can do it with your historics and your new cloud infrastructure. You can do it across the board. Everybody will offer you that option in some way, shape, or form. I mean, we can offer a desktop as a service offering now, so you don't buy a desktop. Yeah. You can have a desktop from us. It'll cost you X per month. And then ultimately, you make sure that your desktop isn't more than four years old or five years old, whatever we yeah. set the contract up as. And it's got the latest software on it. And you just pay a fee for it every month in the yeah. same way as you pay for Office 365 or Netflix. Yeah. Um, so all of these things coming together, I think, have have moved the IT model on into that method of spend. Yeah. It's interesting, actually. There's, there's some things that personally I think lend really well to be put into that model. There's other areas, and it's my personal opinion, I'm sure some of our audience would disagree with me. But personally, uh, and you know, we've had discussions with people that spend phenomenal amounts of money on cloud and there was a big push to let's put everything in the cloud because as you said it's forecastable we can burst up we can burst down there's you know load of flexibility but when you really start to dig into some of those numbers it can become very expensive i'm not saying it's not right for certain people certain businesses but i think you've really got to do the analysis to understand is that right for us them you know as a business and the right application for it because desktop as a service you know we've modeled that many times and you can show that it's actually cheaper than you know, buying a capital asset and putting the wraparound service to bundle it all up. When you start looking at putting all of your data, uh, you know, your tier one services and everything else into the cloud and you start doing that cost calculation versus on-prem, etc., you know as well as I do, some of those, those numbers can be quite scary. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's one of those things, I was talking to a client just yesterday about this and their conversation was, we want a cloud-first strategy. I said, absolutely, have a cloud-first strategy, but look at the cost implications of having that. Um, so the first remit for you is you want to decrease your management cost, your IT overhead cost for, for running your IT. So a cloud-first strategy absolutely means that other people are taking care of part of the infrastructure, part of the service, and it decreases your, your management overhead. But from a cost perspective, you also need to look at what it's doing to your business and saying, are we paying a stupid premium for that or are we paying the right premium for it or is it actually cheaper and in certain circumstances so actually my recommendation was okay look at a hybrid model look at okay these things office 365 back to that point again absolute no-brainer put it in the cloud unless you're in a very specific set of circumstances we have uh, one particular client who has mining operations all over the globe. That's before, I think, yeah, if you're in that sort of area where connectivity and so on is a real struggle. Yeah, that Office 365 can be tricky yeah, in those yeah. scenarios. Which but is generally, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But from, and, and we've got actually other similar clients who have similar challenges, but as a general rule of thumb, Office 365 is almost a no-brainer. It is your go out and it's your Amazon Prime, your Netflix. It's a very common subscription. <laughs> yeah, um, whereas something like, I don't know, let's say your finance system, 
There are some really good finance systems in the cloud these days, and there are some really good reasons to keep it on-prem. So think about what does it tie into? What does it link to? What are the costs of running it? And how does that work? Sometimes the right decision will be absolutely put it in the cloud. Let's do that. It's the right way to do it. Or sometimes the right decision will be put it on-prem. But from your finance perspective, you can run it either way because you can make it an operational expenditure on-prem if you wanted to, or in the cloud. The one option you don't generally have is CapEx in the cloud, although you can future purchase. So if you want a CapEx in the cloud, you can buy a three-year contract and an advance buy on that sort of stuff as well. So really, I said it's the one option you don't have, but I suppose you do. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, like you say, it comes down, it is horses for courses. And I suppose that's our job mm. uh, as an MSP to, to work the customer and understand which bits go where yeah um and yeah it's interesting i look at uh, again how the market's going hence this conversation um and <clears throat> we've seen a couple of big vendors now have really pushed forward their everything as a service yeah and i'm just cautious if i'm honest with you i'm wondering how they're going to execute that well i think there'll be some very large enterprises but we get a lot of focus and we'll execute quite well i look at the scale of some of these guys you know personal opinion <clears throat> wonder how they're going to adapt to do that in an SME to smaller enterprise market and, and actually execute that properly. I think if you have a background conversation with a lot of those vendors, a lot of them recognize that although they're marketing the service out there, they're only really interested in the people above a certain size because that's where they can really capitalize and they're expecting partners to pick up their people under a certain size and have a, a similar alternative service um, that will that will deal with that because they don't have the ability to drop down to that scale as opposed mm. to as opposed to some of the customers not reach up to the scale that's interesting to the vendor. But it's it's that whole thing is very similar to the historical sort of outsource insource conversation. You've got yeah. that um, conversation where people have said, right, I'm going to show a cost saving by outsourcing, and they outsource everything, and then the next um, CIO so, through the door yeah, yeah. says, actually, I'm going to show a cost saving <coughs> by insourcing, and and actually, what it is is. A, a transitional change happening mm. from time to time where people take the, I, I want to show a change, so I want to show a shift, and, and cloud has just become another word for outsourcing or OPEX, everything as a service, just another word for outsourcing. And it, I do wonder in the future whether or not we'll see some people moving back, but part of the challenge with that is the big vendors and, and they've moved their business models to that way. Yeah, so I think so they're that they'll pushing be, hard to keep them locked into that. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the IT model has transitioned in that direction. Mm. There'll be some challenges to not come back, but you start seeing terms like edge computing uh, floated around now, which cloud computing, great, and then people start saying edge computing. So you, what you mean is having a computer back in your office again <laughs> um, and, and all these various yeah. different terms. It really is a one-size-doesn't-fit-all. No. You need to find the right solution for the right client, mm. um, and that's where it comes down to having the right advice. Yeah, it's interesting to talk on... Uh, and doing your research. Doing your research, obviously. We talk about outsourcing, <clears throat> excuse me, and we've obviously seen it before. Um, we've been doing this long enough to see big businesses outsource, insource, outsource again, and then come back. And you are right, it's always kind of new broom, show a cost saving. But I think when you look at it over time, it, it isn't necessarily the right way of doing it. And I think it's just because one person comes in potentially with, with an mm. agenda. I think if you look at it from the broader basis of being... The right thing to do, I think it does, you're obviously right, it needs that analysis. You know, we need to look at, with our customers, what parts should you consume? 365, obviously, yeah, is a no-brainer. Using the cloud, I think, is a no-brainer but for the right things. Yeah. Putting your backup in the cloud, that's a great idea. I think putting certain systems in the cloud, depending on what dependencies have, is a great idea. But when yeah. you start doing the, the kind of cost and efficiencies models, there is still very much 
uh, we are, look, we're pro-hybrid. Yeah, we are. Absolutely. Because, you know, we've done this enough to look at the, the financial models mm. and the operational efficiencies, but actually, that's kind of where it sits. Um, it's interesting, and I, you are right, you touched on, I wasn't going to necessarily mention some of the stuff we know from the vendors, but you are right. I think they're cognizant of the fact they know where they can play well mm. and, and where they're yeah. weak, and that's definitely Absolutely. where people of our kind of size and capability can step in and help. Businesses are looking to leverage as a service, mm. but actually get it right, so it's not... Um, it's a poor investment. If you're going to do it and actually make the most of it, you've got to measure it, kind of measure twice, cut once, right? And actually yep. get it right. Because if you get it wrong, it is expensive. You are locked into to a contract of a certain duration because you have to be to yep. make the service work, especially things like desktop as a service. Yeah, discounting schemes and all the rest of it. Exactly, the exactly. And, and read the, the residual values of the, the harbour and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It has to be a decent sized contract for the business to actually to make it work. So you've got to get the due diligence done up front from our side, from their side, mm. they've got to research the market to make sure they're working with the right partners. So it's going to be really interesting, I think, to see how this evolves over the next five years and, and whether it just goes completely, to, changes completely, a bit like yeah. outsourcing the insource, everyone grabs everything back and does it themselves. I don't think it will go that way. I think no. it'll be a, like you say, certain things too far. Coming out of 365, if you can use it, there's no good reason to. No. You know, If you're using a good cloud backup system, I can't think of a good reason to then bring that back on site and go back to disk to disk to tape and all that sort of stuff it makes no sense but like I said we have seen the let's all go all cloud yeah retreat <laughs> let's go hybrid so I'm just interested to see where and obviously interested in your opinion this kind of next five years is that long enough do you think it will settle down in that period I think probably I think there's um I think it depends on how you define settled down. I think the the push in the IT industry has always been for innovation. Mm. Innovation is what brings new vendors to the market and new vendors bring money into the IT industry. So the IT industry focuses on pushing everything forwards because that's where they make their money. Yeah. Um, we're not going to lie. Ultimately, we move forwards because people change their systems. Yeah. Supporting things and looking after things is definitely part of what we do. But the, the big project transformations are where ultimately the big vendors see their revenue and ultimately where we see revenue. So mm. at the end of the day, that transformation is there. The question really is whether or not that transformation delivers an ROI for your business. If yep. it delivers an ROI for your business in the next five years, which things like 0365 will, yep. then do it. Absolutely, it makes sense. But but analyze it for the right reasons rather than it's the latest, shiniest new toy um, and and buy what's right for your business. <laughs> We've definitely seen some of that. Yeah, I've been guilty of it ourselves. <laughs> but it's, really uh, yeah, it's it's what's the, what's the right thing. I think we've been doing this for long enough now to work yeah. out that, okay, it's about what's right for the business and what's right for business A may not be what's right for business B as right. well. It's about individual analysis of what's right. Yeah. You, you can't force a square peg for a round hole, right? So no. I guess that's... Again, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but doing things like requirement definition workshops, RDWs and whatnot, working with the customer to understand not just yeah. the technology stack, but how the business operates and how they make the money, what they do, et cetera, et cetera, and weighing all that up. And then you can make, you can offer advice uh, from an intelligent, educated position to actually get that right and ensure that whatever they're doing, and you are right, I talk about five years in IT, like, you know, not a lot will happen. We could see huge amounts of innovation. Yeah. We could be to a singular device. I know that was put around before. We'd all have a mobile phone that you dock, and that becomes your laptop, your keyboard, mm. and everything. We could well be there. We may not, but there could yeah. be other radical changes in the next five years that we'll all have to adapt to. And whatever cost consumption model fits that will be which way the market goes. Right? If you go back to the late 90s and they were predicting that the 
basically within five years you wouldn't have PCs on your desk anymore in the late 90s. Everything was going to be a web-enabled machine. You'd do everything in a browser. Actually, <laughs> here we are 25-odd years later, yeah. and you are starting to do pretty much everything in a browser these days. Yeah, Everything's becoming... But you still got a PC on your desk or a laptop. Or a laptop, and, yeah. And again, uh, take COVID, that whole change that's happened of actually all these people that went to work and sat at a desktop, a lot of those businesses have had to say, actually, we'll adopt a more agile work method by using notebooks, laptops these days, yeah. um, and allowing people to work from home. That's been a massive change that no one would have looked at necessarily five years ago and predicted because no, no one could have predicted COVID. You never know what's coming out in this way. Hopefully not that again. But yeah, but some of those very <laughs> confident predictions, the very conf- confident prediction from Larry Ellison, I, have to, I, I can't quote it exactly, but was that the world of the, of the many thousands of pounds PC was going to go because he was going to create these web boxes. Yeah. Now, that didn't actually happen, but then he claimed success because he said, well, the price of PC has come down, so I've, I've, so, I've, I've shifted, I've, market. I've shifted <laughs> the market and I've done what I intended to do. Um, so you can look at that either way. It was yeah. a success in one way or it wasn't in another. Mm. but either way we're still using PCs that many years later yeah I'll see you here in five years time we can do another one of these podcasts and look back and see what was a success and what wasn't what from what we're talking about but we'll see yeah. flying cars outside the window hopefully yeah we'll see <laughs> brilliant really. thanks for joining me and uh, thank you for joining us in this edition of Chromecast Tech it remember to like comment subscribe and share and if you'd like to cover on future episodes then leave it in the comment section below we hope you have enjoyed this episode For more information or to speak to Chrome, visit www.chrome.co.uk, spelled K-R-O-M-E. That's chrome.co.uk.